there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The Volume. Hi, everybody, and welcome in. It is great to be back. I had a long siesta. I went with my son to Iceland. It was uh, his dream trip. I asked him, I said, where do you want to go? Dad will take you as you get ready for college. And he's picked Iceland. And uh, it was it was absolutely wonderful. And um, we got about 45 minutes tonight. We're going to do 30 to 35 minutes with Jason Timpf of Hoops tonight. We're going to have a breakdown. He's fantastic, by the way. Um, I, 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 I will say this about, uh, cause I don't take a lot of week vacations, but, um, I found as, as I've gotten older, I sort of prune my trees, uh, my sports tree. Uh, you know, I have five things I love. I love the NFL. I love major college football. I love the NBA playoffs. I love the world cup and I love a great UFC fight. I'm going to go to, a. Uh, early July, I'm going to go to a UFC card with friends. Um, I love those five things. I like March Madness. I don't love it because I don't think the quality of college basketball is nearly as good as it was 15 to 20 years ago when the great players stayed for two, three, and four years. I really like March Madness. I really like um, a great baseball playoff game in October, but I'm not as invested in baseball or college basketball as I was 10, 15 years ago. So, and I've said this in my private life, in my personal life, I'm the same way. I've pruned my tree. I love my family. I love my job and I love international travel. And I've kind of made a commitment. Uh, my wife and I have made a commitment over the next last couple of years and going forward for the next 10 that uh, we want to do more international travel. And I'm just really into it. I've gone a mile deep in it. I've already booked my next two trips. Uh, um, one of them next year, one at the end of the summer. So it was just nice. This is, if you have a chance, I ran into a lot of Americans, a lot of Europeans, and it's, I always love how efficient Europe is when you don't have a lot of money and Iceland doesn't, right? You don't think of it as a rich country. It, it's amazing how smart they are with their money. You know, I live in Los Angeles where we have a subway system and I'm sure it was a, a high-minded idea, but I've never met anybody in Los Angeles that has used the subway system. Conversely, I've never met anybody that lives in New York or Chicago that hasn't used the subway system because lots of people live in downtown Chicago and downtown New York. Not a lot of people. It's not as vibrant in downtown Los Angeles. It's a huge county. It's spread out. It just doesn't feel like a subway town. So I, when I, even in the city I live in, LAX, our airport, 
is going through um, has put billions of dollars into this new tram. Um, and I think billions of dollars, a lot of money. And I was dropping my wife off at the airport yesterday. And I said, you know, I have this feeling I've never gone to the airport once in my life and thought, you know what I want to do is park further away. I'm like, Uber, just drop me off. I'm fine. Uh, I said, I have this feeling that this is going to be a billion dollar boondoggle that people just do not want to park further away and take a tram to the airport. I'm sure I could be wrong, but uh, I appreciate when I go to Europe and I see these countries and these towns and how efficient they are and how thoughtful and smart they are uh, with their funds. Uh, and Iceland qualified. Reykjavik is just a fantastic place. I highly recommend going. You know, I was as I was watching the Miami Heat, even up the series, the NBA has always been a sport that and I've noted this before, the NFL it all kind of feels the same. There's intensity in the regular season, intensity in the playoffs. There's more of a sudden death feel, obviously, but you have to be, when it comes to hockey or football and you have a regulated level of violence, a UFC, you got to take every minute seriously. You're going to get hurt. Basketball's different. There's playoff Jimmy Butler and regular season Jimmy Butler. There's load management all through the regular season. There's no load management in the playoffs. They're just different. So like to me, you define your career in the postseason. It's why I always keep a Carmelo Anthony or a, a Carl Malone. They get dropped. They 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 weren't as dominant to me. They weren't as uh, special in the postseason. I didn't think they I know Utah got to a couple of finals, but I, I feel like playoff basketball is where legacies are built. And I think we're seeing it right now. I, I, I wrote a list down who I think are the the 10 best players in the NBA. And I think there's like Two groups. I think the four best players in the league right now are Jokic, Giannis, Luka, and Steph. Just, just, and again, Luka hasn't had a ton of playoff success, but I think they're just different. I don't have any questions about their talent. Then there's six guys in the next group, and I have a question about all of them somewhere. AD, his health. Tatum, his ability to close in big games. LeBron, age. KD, brittle. Embiid, health. And um, and then Jimmy Butler tends to play great in big spots, but can be sometimes just a good regular season player. So I think there's I think and, and now I think, by the way, uh, Devin Booker, Jamal Murray, De'Aaron Fox are really, really special players. But I, I kind of after watching these playoffs, I think there's there's just 10 guys that feel to me different in the league. And uh, Jokic, Giannis, Steph and Luka. Even though this was not a great ending to the season for Luca, he he's going to end up being a top five scorer in league history. He's he is the best get a bucket guy currently in the NBA. I think Jokic is a fascinating player because there's a Bill Russell quality to him. If you really think about Bill Russell got to eleven finals, Magic got to nine, LeBron ten. That's thirty between those three. Michael Jordan got to six. Is that is that? I feel like with Russell, LeBron, and Magic. What was really special about them, and it's something I see with Jokic, is the ability to not only be great, but to elevate others. And that's how you consistently get to the finals. Doesn't mean you're going to win a ball like Michael. But Michael didn't necessarily make other players better. Never forget, when Michael left the Bulls, they went from 57 regular season wins to 55. If you took Jokic off this Denver team, they're a borderline playoff team. Borderline. So... I think Russell, LeBron, Magic, and Jokic feels like that a little. 
that his ability to take B guys and make them B plus guys and, 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 and take a C plus guy and make him a B guy. It's a really special, special gift. And I didn't watch Bill Russell play, but you know, you watch the old highlights, you read about him, you go look at his defense and his scoring and his rebounding. He was, he was worth so much more than just points. In fact, I thought Miami uh, reduced Jokic basically tonight to just a score. And he's not the same player. They're not the same team when he's just a scorer. And, and you know, we reward that and credit that and give MVPs to great scorers, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. I think it's the elevation of others, Magic, LeBron, Russell, that is really the difference maker. You will consistently get to more finals that way. So I know Denver feels like the world is disrespecting them. They've never won. They just lost home court advantage in the finals. They're not being disrespected. We're waiting to see if the Denver Nuggets are very good or are they great. And right now they're very good. Getting to the finals does not make you great. Miami got to the finals in the bubble. It wasn't a great team. It was very good. Uh, Boston got to the finals last year. Very good team. Not great. So I don't, I don't think there's any disrespect for Denver, but we have a precedent of, of young surging teams that they get close Steve Nash's sons, uh, the early Sacramento Kings, early 2000 Sacramento Kings, uh, the KD, uh, Westbrook, Oklahoma City Thunder got to a final. Very good teams. Great is winning that championship. I still like Denver, but, um, you know, I have so much respect for how Miami does business that I know a lot of people are saying this is going to be a boring finals. I thought the game tonight was great. I thought it was fantastic. I don't know what you want. I thought it gave you everything you want. A close finish, rallies. Uh, one team was doing twos. One team was doing threes. I thought there was clever coaching on both ends. So I, I years and years ago, people thought the uh, Chicago-Utah Jazz Series would get low ratings. And the truth was, it's the highest rated NBA Finals, I think, ever. It was a great story. So Denver and Jokic going for their first title versus Miami's culture and, and precedence of history. I think it's a fascinating final. Let's bring on Jason Timpf at the Volume Hoops Tonight podcaster. Does a marvelous job for us. Let's bring him on. Do you have some home projects you need to get done? Whether you own the house or you rent it in your apartment, your condo, or your townhome, Angie's List is now the Angie app for all your projects at home. Whether you're moving, installing something, or cleaning something, they have a network of pros that you can rely on. They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. Hundreds of projects, big projects, or smaller, more specific projects. It could be as little as a leaky faucet. They have the projects priced up front. It's fair and it's clear. You'll know the cost before you start. Download the free mobile Angie app today or go to angi.com. Angie, your home for everything home. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Colin, what is going on with the Miami Heat right now? Well, if you're um, a believer in analytics, this was great analytic basketball. They hit 49% on threes. And despite Denver dominating points in the paint where they had a 54 to 32 advantage, they dominated twos. The threes won the game. In fact, I would argue when Miami was down about eight to nine late, I thought my, I thought Denver waited way too long. Uh, to shoot threes. It's like, guys, we got a minute 40 here. Threes only. Um, and I mean, they, they, Denver can give you threes and certainly wasn't bad, uh, from beyond the arc, but this is, this is the way to win. You can see in terms of length, Denver's going to get points in the paint. Denver's going to, Denver's just long, Gordon and Porter. But again, if Tyler Hero comes back and Duncan, you have elite three point shooters. Um, so this is Miami's way to do it. They're built for analytics. Um, their center, Bam out of Bayou, runs the floor. They're a classic analytic team. They're the Warriors East. They're not real big. A uh, lot of grit, a lot of culture, can play really good defense, especially situationally. And when they hit threes, they're hard to beat. They really remind me, I was thinking watching them, is that for years and years when I lived in Connecticut, um, I would watch New England, and I rarely thought they had top two or three talent. But I was always like, they're so much smarter than everybody. Well, we found out that that they had the rare combination of a brilliant defensive mind and the great offensive mind in Brady. When Brady left, they don't look nearly as smart. But Miami, I always feel that. Like, why can't anybody else find Caleb Martin and Max Struess and Duncan Robinson? Like, why aren't these other teams doing that? The difference is when they're Tom Brady, Dwayne Wade left, they're still great. Uh, so it's more truly about the coach and the culture. Whereas, you know, and, and, and we, you, we, that's, that goes against the grain. We think basketball is the player sport. Football is the coaching sport. But New England really was more about the player, Brady, than it was the coach. And I think Miami is more about the coach than the players is that they won with Wade. They're winning with Butler, uh, seven undrafted guys, four are playing. So t- tonight, this was classic culture. This was classic analytics. We're not as big. We're going to surrender a lot of twos. We're going to shoot a lot of threes. And on this night, uh, Miami looked like they had much better energy for a team that plays at sea level. That extra day <laughs> I off, can't believe it. they looked energized late. I, I That extra day off really helped Miami. I'm glad you brought up New England because that's exactly where my brain went. There's the, the Belichick-ism, which is do your job. That, to me, is the embodiment of the way the Miami Heat play basketball. It's funny because a lot of times we talk about coverages and, oh, they should do this coverage or they should do this one instead. And like every coverage in and of itself doesn't fail under its own you know, tactical approach. It fails under right. execution. So, for instance, one of the most criticized coverages in the NBA is drop coverage because a lot of dribble pull-up shooters will get good looks as they're coming over the top. But if you do it right, like if the dude who's guarding the ball does his job and chases over the top, he'll funnel him to the big man, which allows the big man to stay in a position where he can guard the roll man and the ball handler. If it's done properly, it does work. The problem is, is 90% of the time it falls apart in execution. The guard get, dies on the screen or the big man can't dissuade the lob pass or whatever it is. Miami, and what's so fascinating to me is we saw the Lakers 
completely incapable of even making Denver work hard for baskets, which is yeah. wild considering how good they are defensively. They had a 122 offensive rating against the Lakers, which means they scored 122 points per 100 possessions. They had extended stretches, the Miami Heat did, of good defense against Denver tonight. They have found two different schematic approaches that allow them to get stops. One, moving Kevin Love into the lineup, allowing him to guard Aaron Gordon so that Jimmy Butler can guard Jamal Murray. And Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo guarding the uh, Jokic-Murray action two-on-two so they don't have to send help, which is making it so Michael Porter Jr. is not getting those wide-open threes that he's used to getting, so that KCP is not getting those wide-open threes, so their, their rhythm's getting disrupted. And then the zone, which once again, the exact same sort of thing. Zone requires such fantastic execution to work, which is why most NBA teams don't use it. And Miami zone works against a team that it has no business working against with that kind of shooting and with Jokic scoring from the high post. And you pointed out the two versus three thing, and that's a really interesting dynamic that took place down the stretch of this game. Jokic was scoring every damn time he caught it by the rim, but that was two. And on the other end of the floor, Denver's guarding Miami's actions three on two. So there's constant open looks on the backside that are worth three. And the math was working very heavily in Miami's favor. It, it just, it's, they're, they're doing the impossible. I watched what I thought that Laker team, I thought was the best defense in this playoff field. Miami's doing a much better job guarding Denver than LA did. It's amazing to me. I, I'm blown away. Well, and they also, what Miami did is um, Denver's only three and seven this year. In, in the 10 games where Jokic had fewer than seven assists. So what they made Jokic was, was a score. All right. And, and by the way, he's a very good score. He's not a great score. You know, he's not, he's not Jordan. You know, he's not Kareem. He's not even Carl Malone. On a good Jokic night, you get about 23 points and then you get 11 assists, 12 assists. Well, tonight he only had, I think, like four or five assists. So they made him just into a score. So, it, by the way, he was, and they were really trailing late. It felt like it was an eight to a nine. I mean, it, it closed at the end. It felt like Miami was in total control the last five minutes of the game, and he's dropping 40. So, you know, it, it was, I was watching Jokic, and I really like watching him play. Such a pain in the butt to guard. If you'd never watched Larry Bird, if you were born, you know, at the end of Larry Bird's reign, you'd never really seen him play, you, you would say he's like a forward if Jokic was a forward, that's what he played like because his passing is brilliant. But a big part of what made Larry Bird was Larry Bird is one of those Bill Russell, LeBron magic stars. Jokic is too, that they elevate others. So magic could give you 42. But the secret sauce with magic uh, and LeBron is they make J.R. Smith viable as hell in an NBA finals. Matthew Della Vadova can play like like. There was a time Tristan Thompson became valuable, you know, in a finals. That's the secret sauce to Jokic. It's not the points. It's the elevation. He turns C-plus guys into B-players, B-guys into B-plus players. Um, you know, there were, there were people that were just out on Jamal Murray, like after the, the, the ACL injury. And, like, he looks like one of the best players in the world. So I thought they reduced – it's a weird way to say it. They reduced Jokic to just a great score tonight, and Denver's not as effective. They're really not. He He's going to dominate twos. They'll take their chances on that. And I will say this, though. What you're seeing is really good coaches. I, I saw so many people because I watched game one. Uh, I watched the full uh, game YouTube highlights because I was overseas. And 
you know, the idea people were saying, oh, this series is over. And I'm like, time out. Miami just got out of a highly emotional seven-game series. They're going as a C-level team to the mountains. They got no chance in game one. They got no shot. It's like, everybody, take a deep breath. This is a six or a seven-game series. I think Denver's better. They'll now adjust. But tonight, in that fourth quarter, it was analytic basketball, threes versus twos, and Miami, Spo, you know, chess match, uh, edge Miami tonight. Yeah, it's interesting because I fell for the same gambit that you're referring to, the, oh, the series is over gambit. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I was, it was just as much about Denver as it was about Miami. Like, I don't think people realize how dominant Denver has been to this point. They swept the Lakers. The Phoenix series went to six, but did you know their average margin of victory in the wins was over 17 points in that series? Like they kicked Phoenix's ass. Like it was, right. it wasn't close. So they, they, right. they ki- killed Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And then they killed LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like that, that's why I'm so high on, uh, on what Denver does. And then specifically the, what was happening in the Eastern conference was a lot of capitalizing on weaknesses, like Boston's weaknesses and offensive decision-making New York's like literally Julius Randall kind of crumbled. J- Jalen Brunson was the only guy who looked comfortable. All their spot up shooters went cold. Milwaukee obviously has a bunch of half court offense issues. So it felt kind of like Spolstra was like just capitalizing on major weaknesses. And then you look at this Denver team and you don't kind of see them as a team that has a weakness, but this is where the genius of leaving Jokic on an Island comes into play. And you broke it down perfectly. The ideal Jokic game is 23 points per game, bunch of assists. That's when everyone's flowing. Rhythm is a real thing in basketball. If you leave a guy on an Island and you stay home off the ball, then guys that are used to touching the basketball a certain number of times over the course of the game, suddenly go extended stretches where they don't touch the basketball. And so then when KCP gets a wide open look off of a Jamal Murray handoff at the end of the game from the top of the key, he bricks it long because he hasn't been getting shots. He hasn't even been, he's barely been touching the basketball. And so that's the genius in it is Jokic is so damn good. He's going to get 40 on efficient uh, uh, shooting because that's how good he is. But if you make them play that style, it's, it just puts everybody else out of rhythm. And there's one last thing I wanted to shout out and actually Colin, I think this is a really interesting kind of way to look at team building in the NBA. Um, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are the two stars of this Miami heat team. They have taken on all of the dirty work. Like, it's crazy to me. They are completely and utterly bought in to doing all of the hard things that so many stars around the league don't do. Like, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are what kind of shut down Denver's offense tonight. Like, that's crazy for your star, for Jimmy Butler, the guy who's been the guy who's been heliocentric doing all the work offensively to then just be like, I'm going to guard Jamal Murray and chase him over screens all night long. And I think it's a really good indicator when we look at team building moving forward. Like you got to, if you're foundational players and Eric Spolster said something to this effect after game one, I think, or before the finals, he's like, if your two best players don't want to defend, I don't know how you can build a good defense. And that's the truth. Like you've got it. They are built. It's not just the execution from the coaching staff. It's the stars and them being utterly bought into the dirty work. And then all those role players are naturally bought in because everybody above them in is, and it just leads to that well-oiled machine. Yeah. I mean, this has been something I've been on for years is that, Carmelo Anthony never wanted to defend. You can't build your franchise around a guy that won't defend. There's not a knock on Carmelo, but it's like 
Kevin Durant's a willing defender. So Steph Curry. He's just not a great defender. So they protect him with Draymond and Andre Iguodala in his, in his prime off the bench and, 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 and Clay Thompson, you know, pre-injuries. You protect him. And that I, there's a handful of players. We, we do this in the NBA. We fall for the dynamic offensive player. And it, it's interesting. Years ago when I was a kid, I always used the example of World B Free or George Gervin. They weren't classified as great players. World B Free was this guy who averaged like 29 a game, 28 a game for like the, I think it was the Sixers. Uh, he, he was he was an oddity. He had a, you know, a crazy name, unique name, unique game. He was a gunner. He wasn't an all-star. It was okay just saying he's just a really fun offensive player. What's happened in basketball, we now give MVPs to guys like James Harden, who just gives you no effort on the defensive end. James Harden's a great scorer. That's what we would have called him in the 70s and 80s. He's a great scorer. We don't really classify him as an MVP level player. And to your point is, it's hard to find to me an all-time great player, Kobe, MJ, that, that, that either was a great defensive player in his prime, Kareem, or was at least a willing defender, Steph, KD, willing defenders, John Stockton, Isaiah, they're willing defenders. These were, I don't know if Isaiah was, Stockton was a willing defender. So to your point is, you know, I always think about if I was Miami, there's a lot of things you could sell players on because they do practice, you know, they, they work you, they really demand a lot of you, but it's such an easy sell. You can say, listen, guys, it's the best weather. In the entire Eastern Conference, <laughs> yeah, the bluest water, no state tax, no chaos in the building. This is a great organization. What we're going to ask of you is to play your ass off on both ends. That's the ask. And, and I think Golden State's been able to do that. Like, we will outspend the salary cap. We don't care. New arena coming. We'll, we'll, we'll pay everybody. But you got to play on the defensive end. It's not about you. You just got to be – Greg Popovich once said, you got to get over yourself if you want to be part of a dynasty. At some point, you have to get over yourself. And that's and this is not just a shot at Melo, but th this idea that we just worship these – and I love the NBA, but we worship these players who just don't give you an effort on the defensive end. It just doesn't work. Those are non-championship players. They're fun. I loved World Be Free. I love George Gervin. You got to give me something. And when I watch Miami play, I'm like, it's – if you told me somebody just dived on the floor for the heat, I'd be like, what, Jimmy Butler? <laughs> Larry Bird, by the way. I would guess, oh, Larry Bird. I love that style of basketball. I really do. I was literally thinking about that when I was watching uh, Bam Adebayo in that fourth quarter and and how I, I want to work on with my coverage of the league doing a better job of crediting players who do that. Because I, I – I, like. Bam Adebayo is nowhere near as gifted as Anthony Davis. And he's, through two games, done such a better job on both ends of the floor. And a huge part of that is he's just fighting with more physicality of, in position battles. And he's sprinting his ass off up and down the floor every single possession. One of the biggest ways that Jokic killed Anthony Davis was just in transition, just running. And, 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 and it's, again, it gives you the ability to demand perfection from the rest of the roster. I, I think about this a lot with the, with the last dance and some of the stuff from Michael Jordan and, and like, and there's a huge movement, especially from LeBron fans to try to paint Michael as this prick who just was to just treat everybody awful. And it's like, I, I look at it completely differently. Michael 
demanded perfection from his teammates because he was in pursuit of that same thing on both ends of the floor. And so it, it carries more weight down the roster. You can ask a bunch of undrafted guys and guys that are um, uh, that that don't have the necessary level of athleticism and skill that your top players have. You can ask them to do a little job perfectly when Jimmy and Bam are not taking any possessions off and they're fighting through all that stuff. Again, like fundamentally, the two of them guarding Murray and Jokic changed the way that uh, Denver was able to generate shots. And so I think, I just think it's a super interesting thing to look at when, when we're looking at team development is you've got to have guys at the top that are willing to embrace the dirty work because that's the only thing that's going to allow you to demand from the rest of the roster. And, and you're like, you, you mentioned Miami bringing in players. Like that's the next thing out of all of this, because I still believe Denver will win this series. Although I've seen enough yeah. from tonight to know that Miami has a real chance, which I didn't think before tonight. However, like one of the big things to take away from this series, if Denver does win is what if Miami got some players, like what if they got some players? Because if they get some players in there with what Jimmy and Bam can do and with what Eric Spolster can do, that's where it gets really scary because they they have all of the other odds and ends tied off so perfectly that they maximize talent so well that it could it could it could really be devastating for the rest of the league. Yeah. And I think I think there's this natural let's get Dame uh down to Miami, but um Dame doesn't saw I mean, because Bam is a willing defender, uh Jimmy Butler's an excellent defender. Uh, Lowry's got limitations due to age. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero are not going to defend. Adding another player that doesn't defend is not necessarily it. That's why, you know, that's why when I I threw the name out with the Celtics, but I'll throw it out with Miami, Andrew Wiggins is a very interesting piece. A twitchy, willing defender doesn't need to be the leader. Could be the second or third best player on your team. Super smart gets the gets the intelligence of the Miami culture. That's the kind of guy, a willing wing defender. So you can have Tyler Hero on the floor, and it's not. And I and I and then I look at at the Warriors, and I think, oh, what could you get? Well, they 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 love to shoot. Uh, and so Miami, to your point, I think they could add a piece, but they don't need a flashy piece, right? They don't. The culture fit is somebody who is willing, doesn't need headlines, experienced, smart, and, and, and a guy that on the, on the wing is a willing defender. So it's like, I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins is the piece, but we, we tend to go, oh, let's put this guy who jacks up. That's not really what Miami is. That's not their thing, man. They, I, I, Miami has done a really good job through the years of assessing what they are and also assessing what they're not. And I think I, I've always been told this in the broadcasting biz when you're when you're building a network, like you have to know your own talent before you can go out and find talent. Like who are our best pieces? And it's sometimes I think ESPN went through a stretch where they didn't recognize some of their own pieces as they were trying to assemble, you know, kind of as, as George Bodenheimer left, John Skipper came in, there was a sea change at the company. And I didn't think they assessed their own talent very well as they were trying to uh, pursue other talent. And I, and I think when I look at Miami, I think Miami totally understands what they are, get sort of right now, what they're not, what they need. Um, I mean, Tyler hero is not exactly a perfect fit for Miami, a little flaky, 
a little immature, not a defender, doesn't really fit. Uh, I could see them. I could see them moving him. I, I mean, they're winning. They're in the finals without him. I could see them moving him and adding a little toughness and better wing defense. Then how good would Miami be? You had a 17-point-a-game wing guy that defends. But then what are they? How great have the NBA playoffs been so far? If you live in one of those cities and wanted to go to the games, there is only one place to get tickets. The Game Time app. The fastest-growing ticketing app in the U.S. For last-minute amazing deals. They don't stop with the NBA. They do baseball, hockey, concerts, comedy shows too. Download the Game Time app and use the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. Get $20 off your first purchase. 20 bucks off first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app. Use the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed the game time app the fastest growing sports app in the united states use the code colin c-o-l-i-n this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Yeah, it's interesting because with Tyler Harrow in particular, I think Spolstra, and I'm not sure if he was actually ruled as available tonight or not, or if it was just like a uh, a DNP coach's decision. But like it is, a, our colleague Draymond Green actually did a really good job of breaking this down on his show. Just the general idea that like there's a rhythm and a flow to what Miami is doing right now, and to throw a new guy into that who has a lot of usage, meaning like he's going to control a lot of possessions. It just yeah. has a lot. It, we just have a lot of of opportunity for that to to bump the, <clears throat> the train off the track, so to speak. I I do think that in the long run, like they will have to come up with some sort of secondary shot creator, and I think that's why they've been so hesitant to give up Tyler Hare over the years. Um, yeah. But like, you're right. I mean, it, regardless of whether it's Wiggins or it's a bigger fish, whoever that guy is has to be someone who's bought in. And, and for the record, this is something that I think Spolster has done a really good job of. Um, and I, I should say Pat Riley too. They've been very picky about who they bring in. Have you noticed that? Like, they know yep. they, they can identify pretty. I'm like, no, you're not about what we're about. You know, Lowry's or, a, or, a great example of what they're about. Yeah, exactly. And so when you get the you get the right guys, like it, it, the heat culture thing has been said so many times, it's kind of lost some of its meaning. Uh, but it, there is a, a reality to it in the sense that it's like it's kind of like that epic rant from MJ at the, at the at the last dance. It's like if this is not the way you want to play, 
go somewhere else, but this is the way we're going to play here. And th- and that's kind of the Miami heat ideology is it's like, if you come here, you're going to defend every possession. Like it's your last, because that's how we play. And guess what? It helps you beat better teams in the NBA playoffs. And that's why we do it. We're about winning trophies here. And I, I love that whole uh, uh, idea. So um, as we go into Miami, um, Miami's a, a two point underdog, by the way, at home, um, I think they'll split. I think they'll think split. So? It'll come back two two. Yeah, I think they're. I think these teams. I think it's going to be a coaching uh, chess match. I think Denver's better, um, but not significantly better. And they've never won this thing. And this is new territory. Uh, I thought tonight Spo chess match. I thought Spo was worth three games in the Boston series. I thought he won tonight. I thought he did the tweaking late as Denver's offense dried up. So I, I don't think Spo is going to be worth two or three wins in this series because I think Malone's more than capable. I thought M- Missoula was a little over his head. Maybe I think Joe Missoula, it's a learning experience. It just happened to be on national TV. <laughs> it's the worst place for one, but it is what it is. But I think Spo uh, stole one tonight. And I think, I, think, I think they'll go to Miami split and they'll come back. And that's exactly what this series is. I think Denver's going to eventually win close. Wouldn't be surprised if Miami won. I don't buy into the Miami... It's going to get overwhelmed. I think Denver's longer. They're going to get more free, cheap baskets. And by the way, when you live on that three like Miami did tonight, they're going to have longer droughts. Like Denver's fourth quarter was rare. I wrote some notes down tonight. You know, their droughts are a 6 nothing run. They had two droughts. They started the game in a drought and they ended the game in a drought. Like Denver really struggled early and really mm-hmm. struggled late. So that's that's chess match. That's that's Spoh's opening adjustments and closing adjustments. In the in the in the 80% of the game inside of that, um, Denver was the better team. But early and late, and that's coaching, right? Like if you go to NFL games, the opening drive, you score first in the NFL, you win 70% of your games. That was Bill Walsh. Take the lead. Opening drive in the NFL, and how do you close with two minutes left? That's that's coaching. That's the great coaches. Poorly coached teams never finish strong. Like over the course of an NFL season, poorly coached teams unravel late. It's like a golden rule. They just unravel late. So I thought I, I thought Spo stole one tonight. Yeah, as we move towards Miami, I, I kind of see it the same way. I could see a, uh, uh, a split there. Uh, there's going to be a couple of specific adjustments that I expect from Denver. One, they just have to defend better. Mike Malone's going to be all over them about their defensive effort in this particular game because it wasn't great. Um, Jamal Murray in particular was biting at every single pump fake and giving up a ton of driving lanes that was leading them to be in rotation a lot. Offensively, I think they need to do a lot more... Jokic stuff with KCP and Michael Porter Jr. to keep them in rhythm during the game while they're leaving Jokic on an island a lot. Sometimes they run too much two-man game with just Jamal Murray and Jokic. And then it'll be a Jokic post-up, Jokic post-up, Jokic post-up. And then it'll be Murray, Jokic, Murray, Jokic. And like one of the ways to keep KCP and Michael Porter Jr. in rhythm is just to give them more touches throughout the game in dribble handoff situations. I uh, Before we get out of here, I did want to ask you one thing though. So I thought Jokic was unbelievable tonight. Uh, like yeah. just absolutely unbelievable. Um, where do you, our, our guy Carson from nerd sesh tweeted this out and it got me thinking, uh, he said, it's a tier one playoff run of all time. Meaning he views it on the same level as all the all time, great playoff runs from the all time, great players. I tend to agree 
And I wanted to ask you, just because you have so much more experience watching the NBA over the years, does this feel like all-time great Pantheon-level stuff that we're seeing from Nikola Jokic to you? Well, I think his consistency. I mean, people forget, you know, <laughs> it's like Michael Jordan. You never see the bad games. Michael had Michael had some really tough shooting matchups against the Utah Jazz in those finals more than one. Michael had bad games. He had a bad one against, I think, Phoenix. He had a couple bad ones against – he had a bad one against, I think, Seattle in a closeout game. Michael wasn't perfect. I think with Jokic, it's the uh, consistency. I feel like you can just write down – like tonight he had very few assists. You can just write down 24, 11, 12. <laughs> like that's really – that's rare. Um, the consistency. I think what we're – you know, it, it's very – like. Like you could probably don't have Bill Russell's numbers obviously in front of me, but I feel like with Bill Russell, you would get the same defense every night when they were playing and winning the championships. It, it, it was Bill could run the floor. Bill gave you defense. Bill probably gave you 18 to 20 points. Had I watched Bill Russell, I feel like that would be Jokic. Like I knew exactly what I was getting. Um, Magic Johnson would have great nights and then, then Kareem would score and Magic would – be back. So LeBron um, to me feels like even different than Michael. I, I LeBron won a decade. I didn't think he had a bad playoff game. I remember when Dan Gilbert, I think I told you this once when, when he left Cleveland and they said uh, Dan Gilbert claimed that LeBron quit in a playoff game against like Boston and the numbers were like 32, 11, 12. I'm like, oh, that's his quit game. Okay, I get it. Like LeBron to me is even greater than Michael in terms of it's hard to find in his prime an off night in the playoffs. I mean, like like a. They're all good, so I don't think it. I don't think it rises to that. But uh, but I do think there's a consistency to his game, and I think a lot of it is because he's such an elevator of others. Because of his size, almost seven feet, he's going to get rebounds. Because of his uh, girth and and his body, he's going to give you twenty four a night, even if he doesn't play brilliantly. He just gets points. Tonight they reduced him to just a score. He generally gives you 10, 11 assists. You can almost just bank it like you kind of know what you're getting. And that's kind of a Bill Russell LeBron thing. Now, again, I'm not knocking Michael. Michael mostly gave you that. But Michael had Michael was never um, a great long distance shooter. You know, Michael had two great years shooting the three. That's when they moved it in. Then they moved it out. And Michael went back to not being able to hit threes. Like, so I, I, I don't consider all time stuff. You know, it's funny listening to Denver complain about their media coverage. And I'm like, would you guys win a title first? And there's, they spent, there's this, all this whole thing. They're like, they're so upset with how they're being treated. It's like, do, do you guys have a ring? Like you have one win in the finals. Like Denver's a really good team. Let's wait before we call them great. Let's wait before we call Jokic great. It's a very, very impressive playoff run. They're tied. They just lost at home, right? Miami now has home court advantage. Nobody's disrespecting you. You, 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 there's nothing. I don't have any trophies to talk about. The Bucks have a trophy. Dirk got a trophy. You don't have anything yet. The volume. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina 
in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.